Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. At that point, they typically would have had a bookkeeper and they would have had a CPA. So when they get to that 300 and up, when they get bumping up to 500, they really start realizing that, hey, I need guidance. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Many business owners struggle with their financials, especially early on in their businesses when they can lack a basic understanding of financials and they can not have the budget to hire quality accounting support. They can sometimes also be intimidated by the topic to the point of ignoring it completely. As accountants, listeners to this podcast understand that financials are incredibly important, but what they may have limited insight into is which numbers business owners really need and which they don't, and how those numbers fit in context. From the outside looking in, I see a large disconnect between what business owners need in terms of expertise and what accountants provide. Conversely, I see a rather large disconnect between what accountants need from those business owners and what those business owners provide. As a result of this gap that goes in both directions, business owners and accountants can find themselves feeling frustrated or perhaps underserved. Here today to talk with me about this perspective from the business owner side is my guest, Shelly Warren. Shelly is the team and leadership coach for BizChicks Inc. and the host of the Stacking Your Team podcast, where she provides insight and practical guidance on leadership, team building, and hiring practices. Shelly has more than 25 years of experience leading technical teams to deliver multi-million dollar projects for billion dollar brands at Procter & Gamble. And now Shelly puts her expertise to work helping women entrepreneurs grow and scale their business. Shelly Warren, welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Hello, Geraldine. I'm so happy to be here and it's so nice to see your face. I know. It is so nice to see you. It's been a long time Shelly and I go back. And in fact, Shelly is one of two key people in my life who helped me niche into CPA. So without you, I would not be here. So big thank <laughs> you to you. And I'm glad to be here on a podcast with you today for this conversation. So before we dig in, let's just lay a little bit more foundation about BizChicks. Can you share who BizChicks clients are, 
what stages of business they're at and who you work with more specifically. Sure. So BizChicks was founded eight years ago by Natalie Ekdahl. She's our CEO and founder and business strategist. And she began the business with her award-winning BizChicks podcast. And she's been hosting that podcast now for eight years. And through that, we have also launched the Stacking Your Team podcast, which is coming up on four years old now. And we've offered a variety of service-based entrepreneurs trainings and coaching programs over the years. And now what we have, we've refined our offers like all good business people do. And we now have two group coaching programs that we host. Natalie hosts the Six Figures Lab program, which is for service-based female founders who have a minimum of $3,000 in their business consistently that's coming in. And people who join that program are often accountants, marketers, consultants, and coaches. And then we also have the Leadership Lab, which is the group coaching program that I host. And that particular program is for people who have an established business and a team of five or more. Many of those members have multiple locations. Many of them also have a secondary complementary business. And they have a team of five or more, which includes some remote team members as well, because a lot of the members in there have virtual businesses, so brick and mortars as well as virtual. And that particular group of women come together because they're all there for the same reason. They want to move from being a practitioner into being that CEO. So the people in that group are doctors, dentists, accountants, people who have marketing agencies, therapy practice owners, people have clinics, spa owners, they could be a mental health professional or an occupational therapist, speech language pathologist, physical therapists. So they're very much in the business of providing services that is incredibly transformational for the families that they serve or the specific niche that they serve. And those business owners who are in your program, what revenue more or less does that represent? What's its span? That group of women, they span anywhere from $30,000 a month right on up to multiple seven figures. Okay. Those women, I like to think of them in tiers. And as well, we're starting to get many members that are hashtag graduating from the Six Figures Lab program. And then they move over into the Leadership Lab program. And it's because in the Leadership Lab program, it's really about I help those individuals build out a team structure and an organizational structure where there is a, I introduce them to a layer of leadership that allows them to get out of the day-to-day operations and get more into visibility, brand building, and business development. And then they have a fully qualified team of people that are leading the day-to-day service delivery for their clientele. And the reason I asked that question is because a lot of listeners to this podcast are serving business owners in the six-figure and seven-figure space. And it starts to really pencil out and make sense for the CPA, for the accountant to work with business owners, starting typically above 300000 Underneath that, it you can cultivate the right clients who have a ton of potential, but it makes it harder to make the numbers work and, and still have a life. So the reason that I asked you on is because I knew that you worked with the clients in the second stage, 350 on up to seven figures or more. Because of the number of clients who you work with who are moving through this revenue range. 
So at a high level, can you help our listeners understand when a business owner is a speech pathologist or a psychotherapist or a spa owner or something like that, what is their relationship with money? What is their understanding of money when they are at the three fifty dollars or $500,000 range? Well, it's funny that you ask that, Geraldine, because it's one of those observations that I witness over and over and over again, because she gets the business to a certain point where she almost thinks it's by sheer luck. <laughs> yes. Like she literally has convinced herself, oh my gosh, like check me out right now. I can't believe I've hit that revenue goal. But in reality, she is the asset, right? When you're leading up to that 350 mark, you typically are the asset. The CEO is the asset. They're the person that's drawing the clientele towards them until she runs out of capacity, essentially. And then she has to start thinking about, I need to scale. And and in order to scale in those kind of businesses, you need a team. So then she starts maybe hiring on one and maybe a second, possibly a third. And then before she knows it, she's running into space capacity constraints, right? She's got some constraints there in terms of treatment rooms, parking spaces, hours of operation. You know, she needs a better payroll system. She needs a better billable system. So as the business grows at that point, she's really realizing, okay, I'm not fooling around anymore. This is like a thing. I need to get really leaning into that CEO role and really start doing things with excellence. And so at that point, they typically would have had a bookkeeper and they would have had a CPA. So when they get to that 300 and up, when they get bumping up to 500, they really start realizing that, hey, I need guidance. It's one thing for me to be tucked up in bed at night with my laptop, you know, paying, you know, doing my own billables or checking out my P&L that my bookkeeper sent to me. But I don't have the confidence to even know what I'm looking at. And she also starts to realize that some of the reports that are being sent to her are not comprehensive. They're not teaching her anything. They're not telling her anything. So what we like to do in the leadership lab is really coach these women at these different tiers to really understand that you're at a point in the business now where you've earned the right to ask for and get quality guidance from someone who truly knows what they're talking about because you are incredible at what you do. Now you need someone else to come in who's incredible at what they do and help guide you through the money talk and the money planning. Because once they get to that 500 mark consistently, there's a lot of things that are happening in their business, which is helping them to acquire that kind of cash flow. But if they don't start thinking thoughtfully about what to do with this money and how to make this money work for me instead of me working for the money, they can get stuck at that revenue level, never really get past it, or never really embrace the fact that she's arrived at this next level of revenue and success. And then what should she really be doing next? So when you say, she says, I don't know what I'm looking at, or maybe the reports aren't telling her everything, what does she need in terms of reporting or guidance? What does it need to be telling her? What does she need to be thinking about in terms of cash flow that might not be lifting off the P&L or the balance sheet? This is, I mean, I get so fired up when it comes to these kind of conversations because I see so much potential for her and where she really could go. And I like to call this data mining. And for some people, it's not a natural skill. 
And so what we're trying to encourage them is to cozy up to the idea of data mining and get ready to get tucked in with your numbers. Because the more you start asking like really deep questions about your numbers and really looking to see what's the story that these numbers are telling me. And if I don't understand the story, can somebody read the storybook to me? Like, let me find someone who can really tell me the story of what's happening in my business. Because things that she's really bumping up against are things like, always continuing to need to hire because she has a wait list. She also may be running into that space capacity. So she'll want to think about, can I afford to do a build out? Can I take over the next space that's next to me? Can I knock a wall out and literally build some new treatment rooms over there or you know, really create some more space so that more people on my team can take care of more clients within our same anchor location and then she gets to a point where she starts to think about how can I better pay like really looking at retention strategy so what can I do in terms of benefits what can my business really afford to provide in terms of benefits pay other forms of compensation including things like you know I'm such a big fan of CEOs investing in their team members to up-level their skills. So either pay for them to um, get qualified in, a, in another arena that you know that's really going to add value to your service menu that you're already provide, or you're looking for like a, a higher level of certification and qualifications. Why not have the CEO help drive that and create that feel-good moment for those for those really high, highly valued team members and just entice them to stay with us longer. But as she's going up into these different tiers, there are a world of opportunities that are available to her if she wants to, and if she understands that her person, her money manager, you know, the person that is really going to help guiding her is going to be giving her the red light or the or the green light. Yes, you can afford an expansion, and here's how much you can afford to build out. Because that will tell her, do I knock down the wall to the space next to me that the lease is coming up in the spring? Or do I go out and look to open up a secondary location? And where would that be? And how do I negotiate those prices? Right. So it's all those kind of big game-changing decisions that she has to make. And she's often petrified to do the wrong thing because she's poured so much into her business to get it to where it is. And she's there's an overwhelming sense of obligation to all of her team members. Yeah, don't screw this up because you're my <laughs> lifeline. Don't sink the business because it feeds my family. Yeah, and then of course she has, you know, she's built out this wonderful service that she's providing to her local community. So come on, she's building a local reputation. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes there's a really significant lifetime value in the clients and customers that she serves. So they're big decisions. And what she's looking for is someone who can really help guide her in terms of the decisions she's gonna make with her money. Guide her with the decisions she's going to make with her money. For listeners who have a pen out, there's great marketing content happening here. Well, the other thing too, Geraldine, that many of them, they know they're missing something and they know they're frustrated and almost disgruntled with their CPAs and their bookkeepers. And, and once I you know, really have some deep conversations with them, what I end up really coming back to, it's that whole idea of they've been paying for this transactional relationship. Yeah. Like I pay you this money as a retainer every month and you give me this report. And I get the report and I'm happy to have the report because I know I need it, but I feel like a fool because I don't really know what this report is telling me. 
And because we have this transactional relationship, I don't feel almost worthy or I I feel like I'm a bother if I start asking mm-hmm. deeper questions and you've never said to me, hey, let's create a drumbeat where we can just get on a call and you can ask me anything. Let's do that every quarter. So many bookkeepers and CPAs don't offer that kind of service. So they don't even know what they're going to ask for. So it's really from moving away from this transactional relationship and moving towards a transformational relationship, right? They're looking for a guide. Somebody's going to help them manage their money and make really qualified decisions. So I can hear the bookkeeper, the accountant, the CPA saying, yeah, but they want more time from me and I'm already overbooked and they already complain about my price anyways. So will your clients be willing to pony up more for moving from transactional to transformational? You want to believe it. That is almost one of the priority things that so many of my clients do when they join the program. Like when we strategize, like what's, who's your next best hire? It's uncanny how many of them say, I need a new CPA. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about getting a CFO because they're just done with trying to figure this out. They have their own expertise area. That's what the foundation of the business is built on. They don't want to have to go out and become a master at managing money and making really great decisions in terms of paying down debt, in terms of really looking at how long I've had this liability for X many years. Should I be hanging on for longer or should I be getting rid of it? What can I really do? I'm really wanting to think about providing some sort of an annual bonus for my highest performing team members. How do I make sure that if I'm going to start that, that I never have to claw it back? Right, because that's that is something that I'm always harping on people. Like you never want to give something and then have to take it away. Yeah, because that feels punitive. Even though that person is continuing to perform, probably outperforming what they've been, you know, contributing to the business all along. And so to have to, it's just so heartbreaking when you see CEOs prematurely offering benefits, prematurely offering bonuses prematurely offering some sort of a, you know, opening up a second location a little bit too soon, not really understanding the marketplace or that particular location, like within that community that they move to. And that's where they really are wanting to look for someone who can ask the hard questions and push them, stretch them to be more in the in mindset of forecasting for the future versus reacting. Because a lot of my clients have banner years, like even during COVID, just like banner years. So then they can get into that mindset that says two things happen depending on her personality. One, she moves into this like hoarding. Oh my gosh, I have to take all this money and lock it somewhere so safe because this is like a fluke. It was a total fluke that we had this wonderful year. And I'm like, it's not a fluke at all. And then, but the other mindset that can happen is, oh my gosh, I have all this excess money. What can we spend? What can we buy? And it's that whole idea of there needs to be a bit of some harmony there between what you're going to lock into maybe some long-term investments. And then what are you going to do to really help you feel really wonderful about this banner year that you had. And that could be anything from buying a really great new piece of equipment that would really help the entire team or buy a new system 
or bring in a coach or, or a series of trainings and workshops. There's ways to spend the money that is more of an investment than spending it just because you have to spend it. Because it's sitting there in your bank account making you feel nervous because it's way more than you've ever had. Yes. These problems overlap. They don't just stop one day because you hit seven seven fifty or two million or whatever. And yet the more you grow, you bring on a new subset of challenges. So mm-hmm. can you help listeners understand where you see the sort of the next level up in revenue and what the sort of next level challenges are that they run into? Well, I find once they get even higher in terms of those revenues, it's really about what are the decisions that I need to make today to ensure legacy for my family, right? So it's because she's building wealth now, yeah, right? So she has a highly profitable business that's been able to sustain those revenues and meet the demand in her marketplace and continue to provide high quality delivery of her services because she's hiring top talent and she's paying them well, right? There's that that fine line between are you paying well or are you overpaying, uh-huh. right? This is another conversation we have ongoing in the leadership lab. But it's she's at a point now where she's really starting to forecast the future, not only for her business and her team that she's built, but she wants to set some things in place for the family. Mm -hmm. So it could be building out a plan for college education. It could be buying a secondary uh, vacation property. It could be having enough money set aside for elder care. So that doesn't really become a financial burden. And so what she's doing is she's realized that she's fully integrated into her role as CEO. She owns that now. And she knows the value that she's adding to her local community, or even if she's a virtual CEO. But she's thinking about the family. And how do we make sure that regardless of the ebbs and flows, like the pandemic just taught us, regardless of what those ebbs and flows are going to be in the business, she wants to make sure that everything is secure at home for her family. And then she wants the same thing for the family of uh, her team. Oh, wow. Okay. And where do you see that starting to happen at what revenue line-ish? I really start to see it around the 800, 900, when they get to 800, 900, and they're bumping up into a million and then just getting over a million because then what they're looking for is profit-sharing opportunities, better benefits, and even setting up like a college fund for the children of her team members, right? So she's, she's looking that far ahead and she's wanting to have a, a money manager there to guide her with those with those decisions. And she's there for the long game. Like it's not like she she wants to be able to like sock big deposits down on these on these different initiatives that she wants to be able to create. But it's a wonderful story and it's it's an incredible part of your retention strategy when you can come forward to your extended team and show them, you know, here's what I'm building. Yes, we're building the business. Yes, we're taking care of this clientele. Yes, we're having this incredible transformational ripple effect in our local community with these individuals. And here's how we're building this business to create a legacy for you and you and you and you, right? So it's not about her. She's really moved away from everything being about her. And she's moved more into how can I impact my team? And at what point has she grown sufficiently that she needs her financial people, either CFO, bookkeeper, accountant, whatever, to be in-house? Like, where is that? Where do you see that transition making the most sense? You know, that's something that is 
not common. It seems more people are interested in the fractional CFO. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely like the idea of their CFO being near to them, like in the same state, in the same province, in the same country, so that they understand the you know employment law, and you know so they understand um, all of the compliance. But very few, very few women who have service-based businesses that I'm working with want an in-house CFO. Very few of them even want an in-house HR director. Interesting. They're looking for fractional experts to bring in. And they're seeing that as a way to really stay more on trend and have a these individuals bring a broader perspective to that business versus if they were solely in-house and kind of like in that one lane. What do your clients say when they go from a relationship with a CPA or accountant who wasn't really serving them in the way they need to a relationship that is serving them the way that they need? The biggest thing they'll say is, I feel so much smarter now. Like, I thought I was smart. I mean, I have initials behind my name. <laughs> you know, like they have the education and intellectually they're brilliant. Yeah. And the numbers is often a blind spot for them. And you know, like like most humans on the earth, we know what our blind spots are. Like, come on, no joke. Like once you <laughs> get to be a certain age, you know what your blind spots are. And then what you end up watching yourself is you're just resistant and reluctant to really learn anything more about it. And you'll tell yourselves all kinds of stories about how you don't have time, you don't have the headspace, you don't have the calendar space or the energy to really go out and become a master of this. But boy, oh boy, I am very happy to pay for it. So tell me who it is that I need to be be a student of and create this wonderful relationship and I will pay for that because they feel confident they feel smarter and they feel they feel really in control of their money, right? So it's it's that whole idea of, you know, cozy up to your numbers. Like your numbers are your friends. They're not your enemies. And even if it's been a really tumultuous relationship so far, it doesn't have to stay that way. And the the bigger you get in terms of revenue and the bigger your payroll is and the bigger your benefit packages are, and the bigger your clientele roster is, and the bigger your CRM is, and the bigger your intake process is, I mean, come on, you need some help with the money side of the business because their billing practices are not serving them well. Yeah, it's a mess. They're just not. So there's no pays, slow pays. Yep. <laughs> you know, you hear me on my podcast all the time. I'll say to you, you know, the team that got you here may not be the team that gets you there. I also like to remind our clients that the partnerships that got you here might not be the partnerships that will get you there. Because in terms of your vendors, your insurance providers, or even your marketing agency that you started out with, definitely your bookkeeper that you started out with and your CPA. As you evolve and the business evolves, so does the team. And then so do the, the requirements that you need in order to always stay up front. A thought that often comes out is, and I said it before earlier, you know, I can't get my clients to pay me X for this. What makes you think on God's green earth they're going to pay me 4X when I can't even get them to pay me X? So what are your clients more than happy to pay for the right guidance, 
the right clarity, the right person who can help them feel in control of their money. They are very willing to pay for reports that are designed to help them understand things easier. So I know it's probably super easy for your your experts that you work with to have this standard report that they create and it gets sent to all their clients. Doesn't matter if it's a mid-tier client or a top-tier client, they're all getting the same report that looks the same. Well, I'm here to tell you that part of this VIP service that they want and they're very willing to pay for is reports that are meaningful to them. So color code things, graph things out, create a little loom video that goes along with it that says, hey, just wanted to jump in here and congratulate you. Did you know that you crushed this quarter? And let me show you where you did it and why. Let me show you. Get right up on the, on the whiteboard and tell them or pull the report right out. Get in there and circle. Do you realize that we were able to recover all of these lost invoices, all of these no payments? Like you you put a lot of effort on that last quarter and it's paying off. Tell them the story that in their language and in their sphere of, of their understanding in terms of their operation. And that is what is going to really help her get a better grip on what's happening with their numbers. And she will be your biggest referral because these business owners are incredibly brilliant on what they do. And they literally just want to work around other people that are brilliant on what they do too. That's, that's it in the bottom line. And they really want things to be transformational. So it's like, before I started working with him, I felt so dumb. I felt like at any minute, the shoe was gonna drop and I wasn't gonna be able to make payroll. I mean, even though I would go and I'd look at my bank accounts, I'd see all that number, all that money there, I'd think, but what's that money tagged for? Like, is that, I, can I take money out of that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the last couple of years with all of the different loans and just, you know, different state and provincial help that was provided to, to business owners, many, many of the women were just, you know, really stuck in that sense of my bank keeps calling me and asking me if they want, if I want this loan, but I don't feel like I need it. Should I be taking it anyways? Because I don't want to take money because if it's just going to sit there and then I have to worry about paying that back and some other business owner probably need that money. I should leave it there for her. Like these are the kind of stories that they'll tell themselves. And if they had that guidance to be able to say, here's what you're eligible for, and here's what I think you need to apply for and get. And here's why. And then here's what we're going to do with that money. And here's the plan that's attached to that. And I'm going to be here to guide you through that. I'm going to be setting up triggers, alarms, email sequences. Like I'm going to be working with whoever your your bill payment team is. We're going to set these triggers all up in a calendar so that you feel like you're on top of all of this. So to the extent you're comfortable, can you give us a range of what your people are happily willing to pay for great guidance? Well, I don't really have a number for it, but what I do know is that just as in any service-based business, you have customers that think they're overpaying and you have customers who think they're underpaying for what they're receiving. And I would say the majority of the people that I'm serving right now think they're overpaying for what they're getting. And it's it's that feeling of, I don't feel cared for enough. 
I do, I'm not getting the guidance. You're talking in a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. They think that they're overpaying for what they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they move to a transformational relationship with guidance and all the rest, do they then also feel like they are overpaying for what they're getting? Or do the clouds part and they're like, oh my gosh, hallelujah. The clouds part, the sun shines through and the angels sing. Because (laughs) in their mind, in their mind, this is money well spent. Okay. Right. So these women have money to spend. They have the money to spend. It's really more about helping them see that when they invest in this level of money management, when they really start to have someone in their life and in their business that's here to guide them, not dictate to them, not not in a, well, come with me, little girl, and I'll show you the way, like not in that kind of style, more of a business owner to business owner, straight up talk, here's, here's the current situation in your business, you've told me your goals, I understand fully what your goals are. And so here's, you know, here's our strategic plan and how we're going to get there. How do you feel about it? Let me walk you through all the details. Let me know if this feels right to you. Tell me what doesn't. Then we can go back and revise. And then let's commit that this is going to be our plan for the next, at a minimum, two years. Let's get you through this for the next two years. And a lot of these women are very consciously looking to pay down debt, invest in property, and I mean, not just commercial property, but their own um, residential property. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to invest in solid partnerships with other local communities, like other philanthropic efforts. So they want to have money tagged for that. And then they want to build out different incentives for their team members, their top quality team members as part of the retention strategy. So these women are in it for the long haul and the other thing we haven't really quite talked about yet, but an end goal for many of these women is to build a business that sells. And they want to have that option once they reach a particular age or their children reach a particular age. They want to have the option of selling. Yeah. And so they've learned the value of having a business that is just really compelling, like in terms of how it's structured and positioned on the open market. And so they know that having, you know, this long standing history of really great money management and this long standing history of where they can see that person that, you know, the potential buyer would be able to literally see the evolution of the business, how the business grew and where those smart decisions were made. They know they're going to be getting a much higher valuation. Make it as attractive as possible to a buyer and the marketplace. Mm -hmm. This has been so amazing. Shelly, if people want to find out about you and Natalie and BizChicks, where can they do that? Well, they can always go to the website at bizchicks.com. We spell chicks with an X. And I am on both Natalie Ekdahl and myself are on LinkedIn for sure. And, And then we're also on Instagram. So if I'm on Instagram at Stacking Your Team podcast, Nally's Biz Chicks podcast. And we're there. We're always interested to meet other people. And one of the things that Nally and I love doing the most is connecting other business owners to other business owners and watching that relationship take off like a rocket. And so I'm always happy to connect with other people that are at the top of their game and to provide high quality services because service-based business owners, you got to stick together. 
<laughs> That's right. You need that support. Shelly Warren, this has been fabulous. Thank you for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I always enjoy having a chat with you, Geraldine. Do you want to be working with clients in a deeper capacity, helping them go from lost to cozied up and in control of their financials? Do you know you could make a huge difference for a select set of business owners, but the path off the accounting treadmill and onto the high-value moving carpet of advisory eludes you? If you want to make the switch to help women business owners build wealth for their families and those around them, stop what you're doing and head over to SheThinksBigCoaching.com to subscribe to my daily drip of business strategy for CPAs. You'll get one easily digestible tip a day on how to position your business, how to price your services, and how to sell outcomes so that you can be more profitable, get your time back, and get off the tax hamster wheel for once and for all. That URL again is SheThinksBigCoaching.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.